Score here at the end of two periods of play is UMass Lowell 3 and Merrimack nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. This second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us from the MacReport.com, also the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Uh, Mike, Warriors being outscored 7-1 here on the weekend. Uh, you know, unless they're able to mount a, a tremendous comeback in the third period, they're on the verge of losing two here in Hockey East uh, and falling to three games under 500. Uh, how, how have you seen things so far this weekend? Uh, pretty good for two and a half periods. And then everything since then has not been very good at all. Uh, you know, the second half of the third period last night, I think it was a crazy situation where you lose your goaltender uh, and then you lose your, your best forward all at the same time uh, on top of the fact that they put a couple goals in the net. It was a little hectic, and I think just things got away from them. Uh, but tonight, I mean, for lack of a better term, I think for most of this game, they, they've looked pretty lifeless, uh, just not really generating much at all. In 15 shots on goal, I think seven or eight of them have come almost the neutral zone. Uh, not much to speak of at all. I don't think they've made Garrett Metcalf make any real difficult saves whatsoever, uh, even on the power play, and, and just really not generating much at all against a Lowell team that, that does have a, a tendency to smother you, uh, and I think that's, that's what they've done to Merrimack so far here tonight through two periods, and they, they've just smothered them. Yeah, you know, back in the first period, you had Hampus Gustafson, the Knights hit at center ice. I, I thought maybe that physical play was going to start to ramp up. That didn't happen. Maybe part of it is just because you know, Lowell's moving the puck quickly, skating quickly. You know, you got to catch guys to be able to hit them. The, the physical play really hasn't been a factor this weekend. Uh, no, it hasn't. You know, and, and I, I think that uh, it, it was, I would say, in the early part of the first period yesterday, uh, I thought it was pretty physical, the first 10 or so minutes. Uh, and, I, and I actually thought that Merrimack did a pretty good job in those first 10 or so minutes of winning battles along the boards and uh, winning some of those puck battles and uh, clearing guys out in front of the net. But really not as physical a series, I think, as I really expected coming in, just knowing the way that these two teams both like to play. I think you made a point in your uh, recap from last night uh, without Aaron Titkin as I see him walk down there. They could have used him uh, this week, and he's a guy who could have made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I think that when he's back in there, he, he does... Uh, I, sometimes with some of these guys, you don't really know what you're missing until they're not there. You know, you don't really know what they bring until they're, they're not there for a period of time. And, uh, I, I do. I think they've missed some of his physicality back there in defense. You, you've got some guys that that fit that type of player. You know, Jonathan Lashley isn't the biggest guy, but he's a pretty physical defenseman. But uh, you don't really have another guy that's as physical as he is at that size. And I think that that's a, been a component that they've missed, certainly this weekend, but but also really over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Ryan Cook makes his debut tonight. Uh, you know, thoughts on his play tonight. And I think he's, you know, done a nice job on Yeah, you know, I think he's been fine. I think through two periods, he's played pretty well. He's, he's pretty quick for a bigger guy. I mean, we haven't seen him in game action since that exhibition game when he got hurt, but uh, for a bigger guy, I think he's listed at 6'3 or 6'4. Uh, he moves pretty quick. He's made smart decisions. You know, that, that's one of the things, I think the first things you look for, especially as a defenseman, gets the puck, he moves it quickly, and he tends to put it in the right spot. You know, he hasn't hasn't made any big mistakes, and, and really for a guy that's on your third pairing right now, making his, his first appearance, I think that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I, I think he's played well, and well enough that, you know, if they had another game next weekend, I, I certainly think he would deserve to be back in there again. Yeah, I think a big part of their problem this weekend is has been uh, 
you know, turning over the puck in their own end. And we saw it happen last night, but it was really it was happening for both teams, and yeah. and both teams are having trouble capitalizing on it as well. It wasn't until the third period, really, when Lowell capitalized on it on the Demowski goal to take the lead for good at two to one. You know that we really saw that happen. But then we're seeing the turnovers. I would say, you know, what's happened tonight is Merrimack's continuing. The pressure is still there from Lowell. They're continuing to turn the puck over and make some mistakes with the puck. But Lowell has tightened things up in their own end, and maybe that's what you'd expect from a team with with more experience. But uh, at any rate, that that's one of the areas I would say that uh, Merrimack needs to improve. Absolutely, yeah. I thought the game last night was pretty sloppy uh, for, for both sides in stretches. I mean, there were times when I thought both teams played pretty well with the puck, but there were also big stretches where both teams looked really sloppy. Uh, and I know there was a couple of times during the second period where I thought Lowell looked really lazy coming to the neutral zone and had some pucks falling behind guys. But uh, tonight, I mean, you look just look at some of their goals, right? Dylan Zink, toe drags around a defender and, and roofs a puck. Uh, their second goal is a 120-foot tape-to-tape pass, sending a guy on a breakaway, and he goes bar down over your goaltender. I mean, they've, they've really tightened up, I think, their possession and, and their efficiency in moving the puck where, where Merrimack, I don't really think, has yet or, or hasn't brought it to the level of all of us. I don't know if we have time to do this. I was going to ask you maybe halfway point here of the season. This is the 17th game, halfway point of the regular season out of the 34 that they'll play. Uh, you know, maybe try to, uh, you know, assign uh, maybe some sort of a report card or whatever the different areas. I don't know if we have time. Are you going to do that? Maybe we'll point folks to that. Uh, if you're going to be doing it in the upcoming week or two, uh, will folks be able to see that on the Mac report? Yeah, I was going to do some type of mid-season review just to get because we got three weeks here between games, so you need you need some sort of content. But um, you know, really, outside of you take away the first three games where they struggled in in almost all areas, uh, they've taken points. I think in what is it, six out of their it was six out of twelve coming into this weekend, so six out of thirteen now. Uh, you take points in six out of twelve games. Oh no, sorry, nine out of twelve. Uh, so nine out of thirteen now. You take points in nine out of twelve games or nine out of thirteen games over the course of the whole season. You're not playing that poorly. So. I think what we've seen in the last 13 games is, is more of what they are and more of, uh, around what they around what they should be, and that, that's a team that's hovering around 500, if not slightly above, which is where they've really been since starting 0-3. Yeah, I think the thing that hurts is if this holds up and they lose both these, they drop the three games under 500 in the yeah. league instead of one uh, under. And if they'd split the weekend, that's where they would have been one under. Now they kind of come back to that lower four, lower the the lower third of the league, that uh, that group there, and and uh, you know that. Can makes it means that you know in the second half games against some of the better teams like Notre Dame and BU those games are going to become bigger. But you know just looking quickly at things like I mean John mentioned it he's giving the stats they they now gone 31 straight without a power play goal haven't scored it one in over a month and and uh, Frank in the only team in the country that has not scored a power play goal in the last month. Yeah, and, and ranking 54th I, I don't know 54th coming into the game in that area you know so I have to say if you just look at above below average whatever power play is certainly below average they have to figure it out. Scoring as well. Offense, I would say that's another area, you know, below average. You know, defense and goaltending probably about average or so. Hasn't been bad. It hasn't cost them games, really. Hasn't been spectacular either. So, you know, there's certainly areas for improvement looking to the second half. Absolutely. You know, I think the offense, part of that is, is power play, especially really in the year. There was so much special teams and uh, their power play just looks I mean, we, we, I said lack of a better term earlier, lifeless just for this game in general. Their power plays look lifeless for a while. I don't know what you do there. Because this isn't something that's just been limited to this season, too. I mean, you look back, last year the power play was a, a source of struggle as well, so you're really going on two years uh, where 
they just, for whatever reason, they can't seem to figure out the power play. The one thing I noticed uh, coming into this weekend, their shooting percentage at even strength compared to the power play, it's not that much different. I mean, they, they basically have not improved. Like, usually you see teams take a big jump. Power play, obviously. Uh, What's the difference usually, like, like uh, for an average team? How much greater is the shooting percentage on the power play? You know, I don't know exactly. I looked at a couple of, of different teams over the course of this week, and most teams are around 5%. Uh, and it seemed to vary. The, the teams that had a higher shooting percentage and even strength had a, a bigger jump in shooting percentage on the power play. Right. You'd imagine more skill if they're scoring in even strength, so that more skill is even uh, more uh, more visible on the power play. But right. a lot of it, it seemed to vary around, five, uh, generate just around 5% of a jump when you're on the power play. Merrimax, I think, at one point heading into the weekend, I think was under 1%. I think they had like a, it was basically the same. It was like 0.2 or 0.3 percentage points better than what they were at even strength. All right, Mike, thanks. I know we have to take a break. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Uh, I know we won't see you in Florida, but folks, check out his, his site, themacreport.com. Also, Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News will have recaps of the game. And, and uh, certainly, I'm sure, leading up to the, the uh, Florida tournament, games against Colorado College and uh, Cornell or Northern Michigan, uh, there's still a lot going on. It might be uh, that Merrimack hockey team might be on the break. You won't be. I know that. Probably not. No, thanks. All right. That's Mike McMahon. He's been our guest here. The score after two. He has Lowell three. Merrimack nothing. We'll be back with more right after this. You are listening to live coverage of Merrimack Hockey right here on WMCK. This is Warrior Hockey.